to mini episode 192 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Brandon. We live in a rural area of New South Wales in Australia. When I was younger, the now developed lot across the road was bushland. However, it was occupied by a vagrant who lived in a small wooden shack. Some might think that disturbing, I know, but by all accounts he was a nice bloke. I was quite young at the time and have no memories of him. One day, my mum was woken during the night when she heard movement in her room. She thought nothing of it initially and assumed it was my dad getting into bed. It then occurred to her that my dad had said he was sleeping on the couch, something he would typically do if he had a toothache and knew his sleep would be restless. As expected, my mum got up to look around the room and that's when she saw a dark, shadowy figure standing at the foot of her bed. Naturally, she let out a massive, shrill scream that woke up the household and scared the absolute shite out of my brothers, and probably me, though I don't remember. My dad ran to the bedroom, opened the door and turned on the lights, and sure enough, the figure was gone. My mum would later describe the figure as appearing in shape like Bob the Vagrant, and that he carried with him the smell that could only be described as death. In the end, she didn't think a great deal of it though she is a believer in the paranormal. I think a week went by, during which my brothers would walk past the lot every day on their way to school. As the days passed, the smell of decay grew around the empty lot. In our rural setting, we attribute that smell to dead wildlife or roadkill. Again, no one thought anything of it. And sure enough, though, the decayed body of Bob was eventually discovered, presumably after complaints were made about the smell from the houses surrounding the lot. I don't believe any cause of death was formally released. Some speculated foul play as there were some youths in the area that were known to be a nuisance to the poor guy. Others assumed it was natural causes. I don't know how old the bloke was. I don't know if the timeline is accurate. It may have been a few days or even more than a week before the body was discovered. I tried to find newspaper articles to corroborate the story, but our village is really quite small, so a lot goes unnoticed here. Sadly, given his status in society, I don't think it was that much of a surprise. If the timeline adds up, I don't know, it kind of feels like your mom might have saw him en route to whatever his final destination was. Which... Obviously, unpleasant for your mom because it would have scared the shit out of her and would have scared the shit out of me if I was in her situation and subsequently scared the shit out of the whole family because she was like blood-curdlingly screaming in the night. I had a conversation with Tim, the wonderful Tim Cloak, on Patreon recently, only in the last couple of weeks, in an episode where he was telling me the stories that a kind of eccentric character an older man in his village would tell children and actually it was completely harmless and I think sometimes we do we do do a disservice to people when we're trying to keep safe so we're trying to instill the ideas and values of stranger danger which is completely right and completely what everybody should be doing but then you you often end up with people being completely misjudged because of often because of their living arrangements and living circumstances and it always makes me so cross when people in the community, when they harass or just be a nuisance to unsheltered or unhoused people, like it's just, there's no need for it. Just leave them alone. If they're not doing any harm to you, just leave them alone. They're just trying to survive. And story number two comes from Natalie. 
I was raised in an evangelical Christian family and was born in the early 70s. Anything paranormal would be considered evil and demonic by my parents. As a child, I had some paranormal experiences that I never mentioned to my parents. I've definitely always been sensitive to spiritual things. I'm no longer involved with church, though I do spiritual beliefs probably more akin to Wiccan or Pagan. I'm not really sure what to call my beliefs, but they are far from the Christian ones that I was raised with. As an adult, I've had numerous paranormal encounters. A very special person in my life was my grandfather. Growing up, I adored him. My grandfather on my mother's side, we called him Pop. We lived across the road from Nana and Pop from when I was around aged four, so I spent a lot of time with them. Pop did magic tricks, baked scones, planted things, fixed things. He was kind and funny too and passionate about his family. I clearly remember tinkering around with Pop in the garage. Pop whistling as he worked, a steady whistle with a warble at the end of the notes that he held. They moved away for work when I was eight years old. We all looked forward to seeing them on holidays and I always felt strongly connected to my Pop. As I married at 20 to a man Pop didn't really approve of, we grew apart. I often felt sad about losing closeness to him. Nine years later, when I was nearly 30, my Pop became terminally ill. Thankfully, I was able to visit him at his home, hold his hand and spend time just sitting with him. That night, I went home thinking of him and Nana. I went to bed and felt a heaviness for him, a weight upon me. I cried myself to sleep and woke at around 4am. The heaviness had lifted and I knew that Pop had passed away. I woke my husband and told him. He didn't believe that I would know. A couple of hours later, my mum called to tell me that Pop had passed. It was at the exact time that I had woken up. I felt such a comfort knowing that even though we'd grown apart, we were still connected. Months later, I had an incredibly vivid dream about Pop. He explained his view of how we'd grown apart and in the dream we reconciled. I woke up feeling like this had really happened and it helped me so much. Years passed by. I separated from my husband and I was living with my three children on my own. One night, just as I was falling asleep, I was awoken by a sound. It sounded like a man clearing his throat. The sound came from what seemed like a man sitting on my bedside. Writing this sounds very scary, but I didn't feel scared. I felt as though maybe I had dreamt it. But then my daughter came out from her room. Mum, what was that noise? I asked her what she heard, and she said, A man clearing his throat in your room. Freaky, I know, but I still wasn't afraid, though my daughter came and slept in my bed that night. Then a few days later, it was the evening, and we were sitting in our lounge watching something on TV. I heard whistling. It seemed to be coming from my room. My daughter heard it too. We turned down the TV and it was the same distinct whistle of my pop. Steady notes with a warble at the end of the longer notes. We went into the bedroom and of course no one was there. It was my pop checking in, I'm sure of it. In fairly recent years, I worked with a lovely lady in a department store. My own children were in their teens and hers were a similar age to me. We talked about our children and our lives. She was so much fun, a bit silly too and always up for a laugh and we quickly became friends. A tragedy struck as her adult son suddenly passed away. 
This sad time brought our friendship closer. As you can imagine, my friend struggled with her grief. Losing one of her two children, she was beyond sad. Distraught, I'd say, would describe her state. She had a husband, a daughter and grandchildren. Without them, she said, she would have ended her life. The pain was unbearable. Roughly two years after her son's passing, my friend became unwell and was diagnosed as terminal. My daughter and I visited her in hospital. Seeing her look so unwell, I thought, it won't be long until she passes. It was during that visit that I met her daughter and connected with her. My friend had told me about her daughter and how well we'd get along, and she was right about that. My friend's daughter messaged a few days later to say her mum wasn't able to text message anymore as she was declining. I felt so saddened but thankful that she had updated me. Knowing my friend was so unwell and dying, I reached out to her daughter as I felt very strongly that a spell might help ease this lovely lady's pain. My friend told me her daughter was interested in Wiccan ways, as I am too. I messaged my friend's daughter and she agreed, so we did a spell separately but simultaneously to release her mum from the pain and suffering. I found myself feeling a heavy weight for my friend. Woke in the wee hours of the morning and the weight was gone. I thought maybe my friend had passed just the same as when my pop had passed. Hours went by and a message came from my friend's daughter to say that she had passed away. It was at the same time that I had woken up and felt the weight lift. I attended the funeral and was asked to give a eulogy and of course I did. One of the hardest things that I have had to do in my life but I also felt honoured to do so. My daughters attended the funeral too. After, my friend was laid to rest and everyone had dispersed to the final part of the farewell. My daughters and I stayed at the grave and dug my friend in alongside the grave digger at the cemetery. Days later, I felt the strong presence of my friend. Very strong. I felt her wanting me to pass on a message to her daughter. I'm okay. It's bittersweet. I'm here with my mum a lot and your brother sometimes. She impressed upon me that she was able to see her daughter and her grandchildren from the other side, so that wasn't so bad. She was also holding the hand of a child, a boy, around five-ish years old. I didn't know who the boy might be and I had a strong feeling that it was a relative. Of course, I don't just take it lightly to contact someone with a message from their loved one who's just passed. Knowing my friend's daughter was open to spiritual things, she calls herself a witch, I did message saying that I'd felt her mum's presence. She was excited, happy and relieved. She asked if her mum had a message for her. I told her the message and I left out the bit about holding hands with the little boy. But she asked if there was anything else that she should know. I decided to mention the boy and it turned out my friend had a miscarriage around the time she had her other two children. Something she did not speak of much but was saddened by. It turned out to be a comfort to my friend's daughter to hear from her mum. The heavy presence left after the message was delivered though, I believe my friend is with me a lot, like a guardian. Years later I underwent an operation. I was not afraid of the surgery at all, the procedure took twice as long as it should have due to what they found. My daughters were concerned as they heard nothing for some time. During the long wait, one of my daughters felt a strong presence and recognised it as my friend. She impressed upon my daughter that I was okay. She was with me and watching over me. Such a lovely lady. 
my friend in this life and my guardian in the next. Oh, your pop sounds like an absolute dote. Oh, uh, how do I? Dote is like a, a lovely, a lovely person. A lovely, lovely person in, in kind of Irish slang, I suppose. Um, but he sounds lovely. He sounds like a dote. And I think it's lovely that he was able to come back and connect with you and do it in a non-intrusive way and do it in a lovely way that your daughter was also able to share in. And I think that's really sweet. And like I've said countless times, and I'm sure people are sick of me saying it, I do think that people have connections, you know, that people have deep spiritual connections and that people are kind of aware when somebody dies, they wake up with feelings or they get a sensation or they just have an intuitive knowing that someone has died. And I think that's a pretty a pretty amazing connection to have with somebody in their life that you feel it when they pass away. And I think speaking about your friend who very sadly passed away as well, who's you who now believe is your guardian, I think it really sounds like you dealt with that whole situation in a very caring and compassionate way. So what I mean is, you know, you were losing your friend and her daughter was losing her mum and you both connected and clearly were very similar people with very similar interests. And I really liked it when you said, I don't take it lightly to contact someone with a message from their loved one who's just passed. I think it's incredibly important to assess the situation before sort of jumping in and giving somebody a message from their loved one who has passed. But it obviously sounds like she was very open to it and that it made her really happy. And I think we all need a guardian angel sometimes and it sounds like you've got a really good one on your side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Brandon and Natalie for sending in your stories. The last story came from May the 29th, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.